There's a man who leads a life of danger To everyone he meets, he stays a stranger With every move he makes, another chance he takes Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow Okay, so with that, hi and welcome to After the Hype with me as always, Brian and John Howdy! This week we're joined by Tony. Hello. And Graham. Hello. He's not been on in a little while. Yeah, a little bit. It's been a few yeah. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to move right into where have you been doing. So after preparing for this episode where I had to watch four Bond movies in a week, which is, I love James Bond, but that's a lot. Uh, I, yeah. I kind of had the need to watch another spy thing, and I just bought Kingsman, so I watched Kingsman again. Um, so I think I've already mentioned on this podcast before a while ago, but... Uh, I watched it again, and this time at home as opposed to a theater. And it's still fantastic. <laughs> this is a great movie, wall to wall. I love everything about it. I love uh, Colin Firth. I love, I don't know the new actor's name. The guy I love Sam Jackson. Eggsy. Yeah, I do love <laughs> Sam Jackson. Um, but the guy is who plays Eggsy is fantastic. Like I love the sense of humor in it. I love that it's serious and sad and hysterical, and the action's great. I really just, There's really not a thing in that movie I don't love. Uh, I guess I'll go. Great. Um, <laughs> Where have I been doing? Um, still finishing Game of Thrones, the books. Um, I have like less than 400 pages left. The last, last book? The last book. So, well, at this current juncture. Um, the Dance of the Dragons? The most recent book. Yes. The most As recent of five book. years ago. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'm get, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting close. So without, you know, without spoiling too much, what are your thoughts so far on this book? I like it. Uh, I'm just in like the like just past the middle, so they're like reintroducing everyone, other characters. So now we're re caught up, um, which is good. Where have I been doing? I started reading Moby Dick. <laughs> That's even older than the book that I'm reading. <laughs> Absolutely. It's when is that older. sequel coming out? Man, God, I don't know. Um, Christmas. I have no reason for Howard. wanting to read it. <laughs> Because I think I remember reading like an abridged ver- version in you read the, grade school and middle school. You probably yeah. read the same version I read, which was Great Illustrated Classics. <laughs> <laughs> totally could be. Um, so I'm like, why not? I'll give it a go. And, you know, I'm, on, I'm only about 100 pages in and absolutely nothing has happened yet. Uh, yeah. But, you know. How long is the whole version that you're reading? I don't know. I'm reading it on uh, an iPad, so I don't really know. I mean... In iPad In percentage, pages. how far would you say you are? Because it tells you percentages. This much. Um, <laughs> probably a tenth. Tenth? Okay. But like I said, I'm 100 so pages. Would be a thousand Kindle, pages. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, take it for what it's worth. That's what I'm reading. John, go. <laughs> Alright, so as with a, a lot of people, I was uh, watching the Bethesda reveal of their games coming out. Mm. And the thing that Fallout 4, fine, is great, and I'm definitely going to buy it. Um, but what they came out, what they kind of revealed that night was a, a little iOS game called Fallout Shelter, which is kind of a, a vault dweller sim where you can build your own vault and all hmm. that. And I was like, oh, cool, that'll come in a few months. And I'm like, it's available tonight. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and so I downloaded it. It looked a lot like Sim Tower. Is it similar to that? Did you ever play Sim Tower? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, I played all of them. Um, yeah. It's... <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, I oh, played all of them. I'm a serious gamer. Everybody. Please, Tony. No, but yeah, it's it's similar to that. Uh, they don't have any timers for anything really. I don't know. They they built it in such a way that it's the free to play model, but 
unobtrusive, and they don't really care about the whole, like, oh, give us money. Because mm. I'm already finding myself, when just playing maybe two hours worth of it, that I have way more stuff than I need, and I'm just progressing really pretty far without any sort of annoying thing that stops. And it's a fun little game. Mm. I, I would recommend it if you can get it. It's not on Android yet. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Okay. And where I've been doing it. Vault 62. Uh, you can name your own vault. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Well, you sold me with it. You didn't have me until you <laughs> I can name my own vault. Oh, you can, you can have, name everybody. I've never had that capacity before. If I, oh, if my God, you, you can name everybody. Hmm. A lot, you know, if you don't hear anything from me for a while, it's because I'm playing. <laughs> you can get it right now. You have an iDevice. Ah, oh, Vault 62 is already taken. Oh, <laughs> damn it. When did it start on today? All so right. Today is, what, are we, what are we doing today? So today is our, uh, our first ever sequel episode, which is a sequel to an episode that we've done before. Uh, so if you did not catch us last week in our 100th, 100th episode, go back and take a look at that one, uh, where we mentioned that we're doing this one, which is James Bond, uh, part two, Electric Boogaloo, this time it's personal, um, Bond Harder. Bond Harder. <laughs> Escape from New York. Escape from New York. <laughs> Escape from Essentially, New York. it is a follow-up to our previous Bond episode, which you should stop this now and go listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, because we talked about very different movies that time. Very different movies, <laughs> and, and for what the rest we're going to say today, yeah. well, none of it will make sense. Yeah. Because we're always going to reference the... Wait. Well, the movies that we discussed last time, so I will at least mention that one. So the ones that we... That's why they're not being brought up this time. Was um, From Russia With Love, uh, Dying of the Day, which should have won and didn't. Um... <laughs> Uh, and then um, Goldeneye. Goldeneye, which did win last time. Um, Boosh! Really? Yep. Between those Goldeneye, three. I mean, well, no, because it's between better. what is between the ones it was up against yes. yeah. against Dying of the Day, Goldeneye, and From Russia with Love. From Russia with Love, technically. Oh, and Majesty technically, uh, yeah, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, because we were supposed to have somebody on that day who wasn't able to make it, and if they had been there to defend it, it probably would have won. So last week or last time, those are the ones that we did. Uh, this time we're doing, uh, uh, you'll figure out who has them as we get to them, but we're doing Thunderball, You Only Live Twice, Moonranker, and, oh, sorry, and Live and Let Die. I'm Live and Let Die is mine. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll just get started in it. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's really, there's really nothing else I can say to, to go into this. And those, the, those are the films. Those are the films. Uh, so starting with 10 minutes, I'll go first. Uh, mine is Thunderball, uh, which is the fourth James Bond film of all time. Uh, the main reason that I picked Thunderball is because as a kid, I always loved it. It was like my go-to James Bond film up until uh, up until I finally bought Goldeneye and I could watch that one. Before that, it was always Thunderball. And I think the reason I always loved Thunderball is because it was, it was the only James Bond film that I would watch where it actually felt like James Bond was kind of outnumbered and kind of outclassed. He was always kind of one step behind. And I always really liked that because like, whenever I'd watch like Goldfinger or any of the other ones, like, I didn't really watch for much with Love as a Kid, but I'd watch like, Dr. No. But it, it, he always kind of felt like he was the guy. Like He was going to kick everyone's ass, no question, no <laughs> anything. He's always going to win. And then when I watched Thunderball, it kind of felt like he was... Like it starts with him on a jetpack and it's crazy and it's ridiculous and it's fun, but it quickly turns from that to very much just like a very hardcore spy. He doesn't know what's going on, and Blowfield has sent his number two guy after him, and it's just... I thought it was super intense, and I always really liked it. I liked that he was the character they actually modeled number two in Austin Powers after, so when I got to Austin Powers, I'm like, oh, like my Bond film! (laughs) And it was just so much fun. And it had a... At least for my dollar, it had 
when I was a kid, the most epic battle ever, which was the whole underwater scuba dive spear gun fight. <laughs> and it's intense as shit, and sharks show up, and everyone's just murdering the shit out of each other. Like, like you watch the sequence, and like for me, maybe that's why I always go back to it and I always think of Thunderball, because I'm like, oh yeah, it was fun, but then you're watching it like any of the old school John, James Bond films, like, ah, I'm so excited to watch this! Mm-hmm. When does it get good again? <laughs> At some point. Like, I know it's coming. <laughs> and that's for everyone's movie here, so don't just use that against oh, mine. No, no, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. That is like, argument. and then I'll just take a nap and yeah. school part. And you'll wake up and you'll be like, oh, still. Okay. Well, and that's why we picked all of them in tandem. When the cool music kicks in, that's when you know maybe it's a good time to watch. Yeah, but as soon as, like, that underwater sequence starts, and, like... I still kind of go, why are you doing this underwater? <laughs> <laughs> and it really, the only reason was because it's awesome. And it was. I mean, it was, I mean, think at the time this movie came out, that was one of the most brutal sequences ever. I mean, like, people are not just kind of like, oh, he's going to fire his gun at that guy. It's like, no, people are getting impaled left and right because they're firing spear guns and you can't really fake that. Yeah. People are getting stabbed. Like, James Bond is just swimming up to people and just cutting all of their oxygen <laughs> tanks. Like, <laughs> You're gonna drown. You're gonna drown. <laughs> you're gonna drown. It's like so shit many Bond. <laughs> yeah, so many extras died like, to make this movie. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, all of them actually. All of no them. animals yeah. were hurt though. Yeah. Well, well no, they do. They, I, I think they might have actually killed a shark. Uh, probably. Yeah, probably. But back then, nobody cared. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime Peter watches, this is like, like oh god, spear gun a shark, and as it's swimming away, I'm like, that looks like a real shark with a spear in it. I mean, I guess they could have <laughs> taped one on there, but it, it doesn't. It kind of looks like, how are we going to get this spear into this shark? Like this. Hi <laughs> They actually like, got yeah, it. They, that's actually Bond. They're like, how are we going to do this? And then that, the Bond act, you know, was like, bam, got it. It's like, yeah. wow, Bond, you God really... damn it, Connery. <laughs> wasn't Connery actually, like, legitimately terrified of sharks as well? He was, yeah. For that's good right. reason. Yeah. Actually, wasn't he legitimately terrified of, like, most of the creatures they gave him in all of his films? Also, like, commitment. Tarantula, yeah. Commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I can open the door to discussion if anyone has something they'd want to compare it with. But I really think that the main reason why I love this film and the main reason why I always go back to it is because I think that for the time, it was it did the best job of being kind of goofy and also very, very serious. And I think that's why, especially coming off of Goldfinger, which is kind of Looney Tunes. Like, Goldfinger opens with him as a with a duck hat on. I mean, as great as Goldfinger is, it's very kind of cheesy, almost a little too mm-hmm. iconic. And like that's where I kind of start getting a little... Uh, I start pulling away. And that's why some of the movies today that we go up to, I kind of go, eh, I like them. But they're almost a little too far. And I think Thunderball does a great job of being a great Bond film without going in complete Looney Tunes area. And it has its Looney Tunes moments, for sure. I mean, the fucking opening of the movie is him on a jetpack. <laughs> and really, <laughs> the only reason say. he's on a jetpack... Is to travel like twenty feet. Yeah, <laughs> it really just kind of felt like well, we- fuck elevators. Yeah, is what I <laughs> so he's gonna get caught. No, he's. When did he get a jet? Oh, there he goes. Yeah, man, <laughs> screw those elevator death traps. I'm gonna have a jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> Which was like a real jetpack, and yeah, uh, yeah. Was I mean, it's the true extremely direct- hot. Yeah, like I'm, I remember like watching the behind the scenes and stuff. Be like. Yeah, actually, if you would have turned the jetpack off and set it on anything, whatever that it was, would catch on fire completely, <laughs> immediately, like, within seconds. They just, they just didn't have... It in the trunk of a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did not have the technology of the Rocketeer at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though they should have, well. based off the timeline, but whatever. Um, another thing I really like about this film, and I'll bring it up really quick, is, because uh, I still have, like, four minutes, um... 
I like that uh, he has his assistant. I forget her name in it. But I like that he has kind of like his, uh, like when he first goes after like the Bond girl of the movie, which is like a number two's uh, girlfriend, wife sort of concubine thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he has his assistant with him. And she's kind of like, he's like, tell uh, HQ that I made contact. She's like, you talked to her. You didn't really make contact. She's like, I made contact. And she's like, well, all right. And then he has the whole thing where he like breaks the boat. He's like, can I get a ride with you? And she's like, all right, I guess you just made contact then. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that he kind of has a, someone to play mm-hmm. off of. And I also like that she gets captured, and instead of <clears throat> flipping over to the other side, she kills herself. Hmm. Like, it has really dark, like, spy movie aspects to it. And I think that's, again, like, I keep coming back to it, I think that's why I like it so much. Because it's one of the only, especially out of today's table, the only one that feels like a fucking spy movie. Like, the sort of spy well, movies that they're trying to make today. Like, this one feels more like a precursor, like the Daniel Craig era, where, like, they wanted to make it... Like it still has it's a little bit of levity to it, and a little bit of fun. Like, the bad guy still wears a fucking eye patch. Well, at least that death is motivated more off of a choice versus, like, oh, you were in association with Bond. I mean, that, granted, that's an argument against even my movie, but at the yeah. same time, I thought I found it an interesting distinction that she kills herself. Yeah. Versus, oh, I was associated with Bond, I'm going to die, out of, you know, with circumstances out of my control. Yeah. Which is a very interesting, interesting thing. And I, will, I will defend that, because yeah. that's an interesting choice. For that era, that's a ballsy move. Have a woman mm-hmm. kill herself? Like, that's nuts. Mm. And, it's, and it's eons better than, like, in Skyfall, where even though it has a fun line, he just shoots her. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, what a waste of good scotch. And this is, like, that's played for laughs, but this is actually kind of a, oh, my, oh my God. Yeah. This is, this is serious. Yeah. Like, like, this movie doesn't really pull its punches, and I, I really I really appreciated that. Like, as a kid watching this <coughs> movie, I think like, it just it makes it that much more impactful. Like, it's just a, mm-hmm. kind of like a no-nonsense, ludicrous Bond movie. So it, it, it walks both sides of that line, I think, really well. Um, I wish I had a better theme song. The theme song kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, it is actually pretty... Yeah, it, it's not the best. Wacko. I think, but, the, for the most part, we all have pretty... <clears throat> except for one, have pretty, yeah. eh, theme songs. And the other one, I was so proud they had a good theme song, it just didn't shut up about it. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get to we'll, that. And neither did they in the movie, yeah. actually. <laughs> You're like, actually, our theme song's pretty bad. We need it's to been like 30 <laughs> seconds since we had our... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I haven't really talked about Connery at all in it. And his, like, ridiculous Zardoz-esque swim attire. Oh, his swim oh. attire. Man. He really wanted to bite right into that. He really, really wanted to show off his balls in this movie. <laughs> and he... This movie... My movie... I mean... He is the only Bond to have... You know, to establish his balls on the... Pro- like, he is... Well, uh, Daniel Craig in Casino Royale. He, uh, yeah, he totally does. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to the left! <laughs> to the left, to the left. <laughs> Um, no, okay, but, so fair enough. They, they, it's a battle of the balls at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked Connery in this film because it feels like a, it feels like a natural progression from from where he started to where he is now, all the way to the point to where he has to. They actually have to address it in the next film, which we'll get onto in a moment. Um, but he has gotten so good at his job throughout the first three films that when he is outclassed, he's actually worried about it. Because he's gotten so used to just kind of winning. And I like that like, they played that in his character. They played him not, like, kind of surprised at how good everyone is. And I think he did a really good job with that. Well, and yeah, for the three movies, he's just, you know, kind of a smug asshole. In yeah. a good way. Yeah. yeah. You like he that, but it is in but most he, of them. Yeah, 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 he yeah. still kind of is in this one, too. But he's definitely, he has to try harder in this one than he has other ones. And I think that's because they come at him with the, the villain of number two. Mm-hmm. Like, having Blowfield's number two guy actually, like, I'm going to kill this guy makes it way more intense. And then you have, like assassins fail and then he sends his right hand person after him which was a girl who who actually does really good she almost gets him and if it wasn't for her fucking henchmen she probably would have killed him damn henchmen yep 
so hard to find good ones these days. It really is. But is there anything else? I still have a... No, never mind. I don't really have anything else. Mine's the best. <laughs> That's all I can Mine's say. Mine's the best. Solid, Solid argument. Yeah. Vote for me. Yeah. Uh, I've got a free car. Aston Martin. <laughs> oh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's it for Thunderball. Alright, Graham, you ready? Uh, I suppose I am. <gasps> Go. Alright. Set the tone. Space. Yeah, that's right. 1967. We started in space. Um, and then, you know, set the tone with USSR versus USA. Obvious trope again. And then, James Bond dies. Like, first five minutes of the movie. Um, that's pretty cool. And then they bring him back to life. Yeah, and then they retcon it within a second. Yeah. <laughs> they, they retcon it one theme song later. Yep. As he dies, he's like, not really! <laughs> um, but no, I thought that was a pretty ballsy move. And then, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just love this movie. You got space, you got uh, Japan, you got one of the most ridiculous set pieces ever built. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was watching the behind-the-scenes part, and they were like, so, does anyone actually realize that this one uh, volcano set piece costs more to make than the entire cost of Dr. No? Because, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a, $1 million uh, just to build that. The entire, you know, Spectre structure with, you know, the rocket ships and helicopters that I c- can actually land inside of it. Like, they built a, a, uh, an entire volcano. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, and... Yeah, with the title, you only live twice. I mean, people <laughs> actually um, faced death with making this movie too, which is pretty absurd. Like, um, one of the cinematographers actually lost a foot in a helicopter accident. Um, the entire like lead part of the crew actually almost died if they didn't go see uh, uh, a ninja school. Like, like one of their flights that they were supposed to be on like went down and everyone on that plant died and that was like a last minute decision anyway but yeah you got ninjas you got like so much cool stuff in this movie it's really awesome i realized that there isn't really a bond car but there is a pretty awesome helicopter fight is it or is it kind of lame because it feels kind of lame I it's mean, not, not like it was. It's like not for... like my underwater fight, which was balls to wall awesome. It was just kind of like, I, man, when I was watching this movie, I was so excited. Like, as soon as they start the helicopter fight, and I haven't seen this movie since I was young. Like, man, helicopter fight, I forgot about this. This is going to be... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's really Would cool you say that it's on par with maybe the Super Mario Brothers chase down the tunnel? It's more like the, the car chase in Double Dragon. Like, oh, you can use easy cheese to escape. It's <laughs> a multi-layered insult right there. Yeah. <laughs> Easy cheese. No, I mean, it's not as, like... It's, I'll give you, it doesn't have any fucking uh, bonkersness in it. Uh, my major problems with this movie is... It felt to me like this is where Sean Connery kind of went, I don't really want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I mean, there's, this, was, and, this was one of his last films. Uh, well, it was supposed to be his last. Yeah. He quit after this one, and then he came back for one more after Lazenby showed up. Yeah. This is one they had. They had a lot of actual problems making this film. Um, and yeah, they were actually negotiating his contract during yeah. shooting this movie. And it, it just kind of felt like uh, like there's moments in it where it feels like everyone everyone's on the same page and it's great. And then there's moments where it kind of feels like we're just kind of pushing this thing along. Like, And it just kind of felt... 
it felt like a, a task for a lot of people at times. And I'm not sure if that's because it was they'd spent so long making everything and so much money making everything to where they finally got to do it. Kind of like, so this is how we're doing it? Okay. And it just kind of felt like, like, like even like the space, like then they're stealing the rocket ships. It's just like, oh, that's awesome. Ish. Like it's just a, a thing that eats it. Yeah, and, and then captures it and how else brings do you it back steal a down? rocket yeah. ship. I get that. I totally get that. The you clearly don't things. understand rocket ship capture technology. <laughs> but as much as that makes sense, at the same time, they don't ever even try to explain like, well, how'd they hide it? Eh. Villains. Science. <laughs> yeah. They like hide it in a fucking volcano. That's uh, intense. They yeah. do hide it in a volcano. They do. And it is intense. Ish. <laughs> it, is, it is those words by themselves, but not a... As... It's got, much of a descriptor it's got of this thing itself. intense elements. I, I, I will agree. It does uh, get a little long. It gets uh, really little, long. Little, especially like, stretched. you know what? Let's uh, let's train James Bond to be a ninja. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Just get out of that scene. Get out of it as fast <laughs> but as possible. they have possible. ninjas. They're in a ninja school. Those Why? are actual, right. those okay. are actual ninjas. We do Why? have to establish that we are because. in a post-ninja society. So just saying just ninjas is like saying... Bacon, two years from now. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be like, okay, fine, you can wrap a dog in bacon, whatever. Yeah, but that was that, like, that was 1967, like, ninjas, like, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, but that's saying, like, actual, actual ninjas. Oh, yeah, but those ninjas are, like, it's ninjas compared to, like, John's movie with, it's space, it's like, it's there because... That's a bonkers element. Ninjas, ninjas are cool. Ninjas are most definitely... I mean, they make no sense to here, the film. But okay. ninjas are cool. That's his argument, yeah. that they're cool. They but in, the, in, relation, in relation to this movie, we actually share a, a similar bonkers element where it's there just because. Yeah. Like that's, no, it's not there just because. They're in Japan. Like, ninjas. Yeah, they're in sword. Japan. Therefore, ninjas. Like, how yeah. racist can you be? It's not racist. Ninjas were very... I don't want to stay on the racist topic too much. <laughs> Probably go a little bit further. So let's yeah. move on to something else. So uh, they also have sumo wrestlers. Like sumo wrestlers were actually wrestling. Like yep. sumo wrestling. It's the not- sumo wrestlers, I was fine because that that made sense for where they were. It wasn't James Bond learning to be a sumo wrestler. That would have been ridiculous. <laughs> Almost as ridiculous <laughs> to say James Bond learning to be a ninja. He's already a fucking spy. He knows how to fight. Which is why he went through the ninja training in like two days. But why do we have to spend twenty minutes with them? Like just get out of this. Because scene. you gotta give him because you know his uh, no. It's because you know, have to quote unquote fill- lo- love interest. Yeah, I, I will say this. For this. You get a love interest, and then they kill her. And it's like... Eh. Just like in every other James Bond movie. Yeah. You can't put that in there. You're like, oh, she dies. You're like, well, yeah, because she fell in love for, this for some stupid reason. feeling like one of the longest movies of all time, it's <laughs> it's under two hours. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. It felt so long. I could have been happy with an hour 20 on that thing. <laughs> if it had been an hour... Like, if it just really been... And I think that's part of the reason why I don't like it as much is because, like, the villain is just so, like... Blowfelt, but they don't do anything with him. There's no payoff. He's designing this entire thing. Like, it's like, what, it's what, like what Thanos in the Avenger movies so far. Well, yeah, no, kind of, but, but, that, but he but will he's be been behind the scenes for this whole thing. That's he great. Is that, that's Spectre. that is he's great. Been setting up this whole situation. That's but, great. So this should be James Bond versus Blowfield, which it kind of is until the in the end, and they go like, well, we might want him for another movie. He's gonna escape. So you yeah. get no payoff. Like he has the entire time. He's been pulling the strings. The, you can't, yeah, but James Bond has never gone up against no, him before. They yeah, have never, never gotten... So when they finally get face-to-face, there should be some payoff to that. And there isn't. 
Just because he's, he's too good for because he's like yeah whatever yeah. But where where's that where's that meeting Holy for the first crap. time like chess match thing right yeah, where where's that where's that meeting of the minds? You don't get it. That's not he in deals this movie. with him with henchmen. He wouldn't go face to face. You're like yeah. But that's what they're promising in all yeah. the previous Bond movies. Yeah, that's you're you're waiting for that, and then you get it in this. You finally see Blowfield. It's the first time you've ever seen him. Yeah. So you should be really excited for all this stuff, and then when you finally get there, it's just kind of like. And then he escapes, like he should, because he has some, you know, some fantastic way of getting I, away. I don't think he should have. Because what we get there is now we never got to see that the showdown that we've been now waiting for for four movies. So we finally get there, and the payoff we get is just like everything else in the movie, where it's like, yeah, uh He gets away. Yeah, but I, I wanted more of my Bond movie. I wanted something, and every time I, I want something in this movie, I don't get it. Like I almost it, get it and then I don't. It's kind of the reverse. And then, I almost, and then I don't. It's kind of the reverse problem that we have now. It's like couldn't they have a, a villain that persists, maybe gets away to find another day, where oh, they're all dying. Everyone's dying left and right in our new Bond movies, and maybe with this new Spectre thing that'll be different. But like I doubt it. It doesn't. It does. I don't know. It just doesn't feel satisfying. I mean, Brian has most of the point of it, but like it's. I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it feels like it's missing that, that one moment. element. I don't. More. I don't even need the kill moment. Like I, I don't need the kill moment. No, I no, just no. need more of the face-off moment. Which we didn't really get. We got in the same general area moment. But I really wanted to have that moment of like, I want to see Blowfield. But you get to see Bond. Him. Like, you get to see Bond fail. Twice, actually. You get to see him do actually so good of a job that they have to kill him to get all of the people off of his back. One. And then, now, in this time... Yeah, but he, that was my movie. You got to see him do, do so good of a job that he had to try to kill himself in this one. <clears throat> So, like, we'd already seen that. That's not in your film. In your film, you have a guy... Fi- Aww. You have a guy... Aww. Aww. <laughs> hey, it's just like your movie. Ah! Aww. Do you know who wrote your movie? I do. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you ready? Oh, I was ready before this guy started talking. <laughs> 28 gram. Right, go. Yeah. <laughs> go. <laughs> I'm just going to soak it in. If I don't make my points until minute nine, you guys can't argue with me. <laughs> right? Can that work? This is an Fine, I'm going, I'm going. All right. I, did, I didn't know what to do, so I made a top ten list. You actually made a list. I did. <clears throat> um, of reasons why this movie is awesome. and you can Because fight. you needed to remind yourself. You'll okay, probably fight all of them, which is fine. Number ten on the list, Live and Let Die. Paul McCartney. Done. Awesome song. They overused it a they little bit. They overused it like crazy. But they knew it was good, and that's why they used it. It was awesome. It was a good song. They knew, was, so, they knew something about it. It was a good song. You ease off that word great. <laughs> it's a good song. Number nine. Uh, <laughs> as you mentioned earlier, hopefully you can cut it out. Um, James Bond runs across the back of alligators. <laughs> he gets, you use that as a, he gets, point, as he a gets, selling point? Absolutely. He <laughs> runs on alligators. How awesome is that? Not. Nah. <laughs> I don't think you're getting. <laughs> okay, okay, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. James Bond, as much as I do, I won't, you know, runs across alligators. Yeah, bonkers. Not, not good. You, do you, I do appreciate I don't think he the. Gets it. the <laughs> of course you do, Moonraker. Yeah, settle down. We'll get to me later. I don't but like, think he gets in. in his defense, I do get the alligator one. Oh, I will no, get no, half no, a it point. It wasn't alligator. It was crocodiles. Crocodiles. Oh, fuck that. Oh yeah. Thank, right. thank well, you. now it's awesome. Freshwater. Actually, you know what? If I wasn't arguing against this movie, I do usually say that's one of my favorite scenes in any Bond film. It's... But since I'm arguing against it, it's stupid. No, Come on, get on the Um, the uh, number eight is the sheriff of Louis, uh, whatever city in Louisiana, New Orleans. 
whatever. I don't know if he's actually city. the sheriff of New Orleans. I think he's the sheriff of. of they have one sheriff, like Baton Rouge or something. Um, I think he's just the sheriff of Louisiana. Either way, I don't know. But this it's guy. The South. They do it's basically weird. like. This is what the Brits think of America. <laughs> Wrapped up. It's like cartoonish, hick, very, very over-the-top hickish, pretty racist to a certain degree as well. But boats are driving too fast. he was so well-received <laughs> that he is in the Man with the, Gold, or Man with the Golden Gun. He, makes a recur- he comes back the next movie For as sure. that same character, which is awesome. Is it? Number seven. <laughs> but that's not a point Number seven. Movie, huh? Yeah. No, it's a point saying he started here and then he grew there. Uh, number seven, uh, James Bond undoes a woman's dress with his magnetic watch. <laughs> he undoes a woman's dress with his magnetic watch. He doesn't have to use it, but he can, so he does. He really only needs his eyes, but he uses a watch. I don't Got even it. know if I need to say anymore. That's it. You, no, you, you really it. do. You, you do. <laughs> Number six, uh, and this one's actually legitimate, Jane Seymour was awesome as a Bond girl, and also, probably, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful Bond girls. I can't argue with that. Even as I was watching the movie, I'm like, ah. She's really attractive. Uh, I still think the girl from Thunderbolt's better. Hold on, gotta catch my eye. Ah! (laughs) Um, But yeah, she's awesome. Uh, Number five, Master of Disguise. You have a normal-looking black guy playing... A weird-looking black black guy <laughs> who looks like a burn victim, and you're the, the, the entire movie. You're thinking, "Why the fuck does this guy look so weird?" And then it's a mask, and, then, and he takes Mission it off. Impossible. You want? Yeah. Talk about spy movies. Mission Impossible, based off this movie. I think you're wrong. Number four, <laughs> explosions. Yes, every Bond movie has explosions. Wow, so you're but, really stretching his ears. Yeah. Did you start at 10 and then go to 1? Let you me start go. At one Let and me go. go to 10. <laughs> Number, explosions, yes. They don't Wait, always are you involve... counting the amount of explosions? Is it just no. four explosions? No. <laughs> Six. This explosion was a person eating a gas-filled bullet that makes him literally inflate, float to the ceiling, and explode. The man literally explodes. That doesn't happen in all your movies. <laughs> Nor in real life. It should. Wait, wasn't your selling wait wasn't wait, you are you your selling points originally that this movie is based more in fact than any of ours? Let's not no, debate the should. Let's story. not debate we'll the should. Because everybody <laughs> should explode at one point. But moving on. That's unrealistic. But like your rocket stealing is like, oh, that's totally yeah. based in reality. More realistic than someone the- learning to become a ninja in two days. You just you insulted every ninja it's in James the world. James Bond. Whatever. The ninjas are really pissed. Uh, you guys are just proving that number three. Number else's. three, and this is actually a big one. <laughs> this is the first time James Bond hooks up with a black woman. The first time. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he has sex in the South. Yeah. Sure. With a black woman. On That's screen. a huge milestone. <laughs> On <laughs> screen. Wait. That's a huge step forward. Okay. Yeah. Huge step first. forward. That's an awesome thing. Number two. There is a plane chase. Where cars are chasing a plane on the ground as James Bond is weaving in and out of an airport and other planes, and he wins. He outruns cars in a plane on the ground. And takes off two of its wings and parks it in a very humorous ending to that scene. That is awesome. He outruns... I'm staring at you because you have no arguments for your movie other than ninjas. And number one, probably the most controversial one that I do have is... It's Roger Moore's first movie. And he 
in my opinion, is the best Bond oh. of all of them. Oof. You saw four minutes. So four minutes. You guys can argue all you want, but I won. You did not. You Let, can I see your list? I'm just going to use the same um, list backwards. But in all seriousness, going back to the most based reality, there's not really a supervillain, and it, it's basically... You have a total supervillain. You have like a comic book cartoon villain. It's yeah. not a supervillain, though. It's a guy... It's Who a can't drug super by the definition of super. He can't die. He's basically... He's not, he's not even the villain, though. He's, one he's of a them. dude. He works. No, I wouldn't even count that. He's. It's a drug lord. It's he's basically a, a guy dude. wanting to, you know, sell drugs. That's all it is. It's a very based in reality plot premise, other than like the voodoo aspect of it that they throw in. But going into that, let's go, let's go into that voodoo. This aspect. came out in the, like, yeah, the black the black exploitation area where everyone was kind of, you know, jumping in on like that black culture. That's what it. I don't think it. I don't think it was degrading. I don't think it was very. You said racist. I don't think it is very racist. Other no, than that, black people are the bad guys. But that. But it doesn't really. It doesn't pull on the stereotypes that they could have to no. make it racist. But I think that's also because it was made by a British company and not America. Yeah. Like, yeah. Been, like, so that, that is that is a very different. <laughs> that is a genuine plus in that category yeah. at least. Yeah, I'll give you that much. But like, yeah. it's just it wasn't. Like, yeah, the plus being it wasn't as racist as it could. No, I don't it. think it was at all. It and it's not. Just, it's not like you like you know they're making fun of. Southern guys, and then giving, you know, not being stereotypical in other ways. So it's kind of a reverse of what you would expect. Yeah. Points. Points for that. But yeah. The problem is that with your film, I get that it, like the story was based in reality, but it felt like they just didn't know how to run with that. Mm. So it was like, if you take it against, say, like, I don't have another example that isn't my film, and I can't remember <coughs> that film right now. But, uh, like, <laughs> but if you take it against like another film that has like a, a based in reality sort of thing... It feels like they could have just ran with that and made a really good spy movie about kind of like a fish out of water, like here's a British spy in an American situation, all that sort of stuff, and it could have been a lot of fun. Yeah. But instead they kind of went like, well, it's a Bond movie, so it's got to be a little crazy, right? Uh, voodoo magic. And, yeah. uh, and boat chase. Um, the boat chase was awesome. It, it went on a little long. but it, it went on extremely long. Yeah, I'll give you that, but they did jump. They did literally go through a wedding and yeah. come out in water on the other side. It was awesome. Yeah. But there, I mean... The thing that I'll give your film is like I like that it had like out of the big action set pieces and this could just because it's a part of the times like Graham and I chose from movies in the 60s so it was a little bit tougher to do they didn't have the technology and the money mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff but like you, since your film has a lot more like the, the practical effects like it didn't really rely on say bullshit sci-fi effects um, it's coming up next uh, I was like mine weren't that bullshit <laughs> <laughs> it was the 60s yeah yours were miniatures they, yeah they didn't look horrible John um, <laughs> but I, I like that it had this like this like it, it felt real like as far as like Looney Tunes it was it still had like these real aspects to it because it sure. was real effects but it still was so Looney like it's just so at odds with each other there were, there were it was a weird mix of but over, overall I, th- I don't I don't find the voodoo stuff cartoonish I didn't I never once thought that that was there for you know, a cartoonish effect, because even the Bong Solitaire, who's the Jane Seymour's character, is, what, a tarot card reader. Like, I think it was... Who can actually tell the future until she loses her virginity. Yeah. So, there it is. It's real mixed with complete loony Yeah, but that, it's, you know, it's... I want a dick move to take her virginity to make her lose awesome powers. That she he, oh, the way he did it, too. Oh, oh yeah. Fucking Bond fantastic. fucking... Bond basically rapes her. He does. He, they, <laughs> when they first meet, he pulls the lover's card, and she's like, oh, crap, you know, this is, means we're going to be lovers. So she's on the fence, like, I don't know what to do, torn. So when he meets her again, he has a... De- oh, can I finish this? Nope. Nope. No. Nope. 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 You can't. Let me finish no, it. It's you can't. fucking great. <clears throat> no. Nope. You ready, John? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, cool. 
Um, so, getting us out of the way, this Moonraker is probably the most bonkers out of the ones that we picked. Uh, so I'm going to get that out of the way right away. Yeah. Um, I actually did not expect it to be as bonkers as it was going in. Had just because I hadn't seen it before, no. Oh, I'd seen some other more, and I was like, I've been saving Moonraker. I was like, ah, I don't know. And, you know, maybe maybe there's circumstances outside that was factoring in, like I was in a bad mood. But as soon as he gets pushed out of the plane by Jaws, I'm just like, oh, okay. This is going to be a silly movie. Oh, yeah. And it delivered yeah. on that in every single... Like, it kept delivering on that as I kept having, like, what, what are they going to do here? Oh, they're going to do this weird thing. Um, I really like the bonkers aspect, and I can't stress that enough. <laughs> it's... It was a very kind of a. It, it, you, it is. You either have to love it, or if you hate it, you're stuck. You're done. And it's movie in the first and it's eclectic. It's kind of an eclectic mix of all these different genres too, because you've got the that sidekick who is, um, a Bruce Lee ripoff trying to mm-hmm. kill him, and then you you got him in a western ta- like a little western kind of villa, to deal with Q. Like you got them all over the place, and it kind of matches the movie. Um, well, it's really just because Roger Moore loved costumes. And, and that's not and a it, joke. That really, yeah. he loved dressing up. And really, it, clown? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it did show. Like, I feel like, in terms of what each Bond represents for the their individual groupings of movies, it felt like this one kind of fit along with more. Just being kind of ridiculous, over-the-top, very cheeky. There's a line in there where uh, they're like, the villain, I think, um, he was just like, I don't get your British humor. And that kind of plays out like throughout the whole movie. I... Um, and I, I don't think this is so much a movie about Bond, necessarily, as, as much as it is a love story for Jaws. <laughs> he finally gets his soulmate, and those moments, yeah. were, like, while they're so silly, they're, like, oddly sweet. Yeah. Like, Partly, though, I mean, really, he just kind of, he crashes into, like, a building, right? Uh-huh. Is that it? And then there's just happens to be a Swedish girl there, and he's like, you! I like it, them Swedish girls! <laughs> I mean, he falls in love as good as Frankenstein's monster falls in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it, it provides a, mom- a moment of levity. Like, it, I think the movie decides early on to kind of get rid of any, like, we want to be a serious spy movie or we want to have, like, deep, like, heavy moments and kind of just goes for the, the camp. They're trying to, I don't know, be a little bit more wacky. And especially, we got to get to it right right now, just the, the space battle, which, again, not having seen it, kind of been holding off. I was not expecting so many goddamn lasers. <laughs> oh, my oh, yeah. God. And I was just like, you know what would make this, this, you know, the space thing is boring. This is, you know, if, if you're not going to be 2001, you're kind of like, uh, whatever. And then they start shooting each other with lasers. Yeah. And it was wild. Like, what, I wasn't, what year was this again? Uh, 70, I thought it was 69? No, no, no. no, no. Mine was like uh, 73. I think it was well, 73. Yeah, so the year we invented lasers. lasers. Or, or maybe yeah. it was 70 <clears throat> something. I I read all the time like I went through after watching the movies and kind of read all their synopsis and kind of got the timelines yeah, mixed up. I think mid seventies. But I still think that your space fight ripped off my underwater fight. It's like my underwater fight was better because it was brutal as shit, and your space fight was they shot cartoon lasers at each other. Well, and it's interesting that like when when I yeah it came out after Star Wars. Seventy nine. Uh, really, yeah. I was not paying attention to that for a second. You guys asked what year this came out. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Three minutes. Yeah, yeah. I totally but like spaced out. No pun intended. It's kind of interesting, like how in this kind of era, like, they're starting to respond to other movies, trying to think of new ways to incorporate those elements. I mean, they didn't respond thing. to that for a while. I mean, they, they started that with Live and Let Die, or before Live and Let Die. Uh, yeah. I don't remember which one it was. I mean, that's the entire, the, uh, the entire essence of Bond and, is responding to what we're going through in the times. And, out, and outside the kind of ridiculous trappings, <clears throat> they kind of subtly throw in this, like, master race thing in there, which, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to send all these, these perfect people, quick shot to couple kissing, yep. and then, like, we're going to 
you know, ruin the earth and bring them back so they can live a perfect life. And interesting, I mean, you you get kind of different villains with different goals, but like kind of populating a master race thing, I hadn't seen it to, to quite this extent. No, and it's really uh, as a part of the movie's credit, the film that I mentioned in my Where Have You Been Doing, Kingsman, they borrow that plot line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that they, and when you watch it, you kind of go, if you're a fan of Bond, you go, oh, Moonraker. Yeah. yeah. That's almost exactly what they're doing here. And yeah, and, and apart from like when you kind of move all that tra- those trappings, the ridiculous stuff that was really fun, there's these little elements in there that are interesting, interesting ideas, kind of interesting. Um, that the hunting scene where, you know, they're just like, oh, you want to have a game of sport? And he hunts, he shoots the sniper. I mean, kind of cheesy, but like, oh, Bond is so cool. He it's he funny. already knew he was there, and that's cool, you know. But why is everyone fine with murdering that guy? Like, you missed. He is, no, it, I didn't. And yeah. there's a dead guy falling and it's out of the like, that, oh, I guess you didn't miss. Yeah. It's interesting. Moving that along. <laughs> but going back to what you were saying about how like Bond is just cutting people's airpipes, there's kind of this cold-heartedness to Bond in this movie that's, you know, masked by all this ridiculous stuff. He kills the sniper guy. Yeah. Um, he takes the, the parachute from the, the guy who jumped. And just fair, he, right didn't, he didn't have a parachute. He didn't have well, a parachute. Well, he did under his suit jacket, but, you but know, we'll, we'll at every, pretend we didn't see that <laughs> every fucking shot. Yeah. But at every point, he's killing people or doing something cold-heartedly. Like, he's not a very nice guy in this when you've messed up. Like, it's kind of interesting. You see, know, I don't know. I always thought, like, Roger Moore, like, from his first movie on, always felt like a more approachable Bond. He always felt, But I that's that, the thing. See, I think that's why people like him more, because he seems like somebody you can talk to. Like, so you but then that, he would stab you afterwards and be like, you know, I really like being stabbed by that guy. He was polite. Yeah. yeah whereas, like, <laughs> Sean Connery, like, did not feel like an approachable guy. He he's felt so like cold. someone... Uh, he, yeah. he was just a cold... He kind of plays how, like, Daniel Craig does now, where it's just like, he was, like, a, a terrifying Bond. Yeah, yeah it's, it's there's kind of an interesting... Well, whatever. There's a duality yeah. there. Like, he's got that approachableness, but he's still pretty ruthless. So he kind of enca- encapsulates what a good, like, kind of a good spy has to be, you know? Approachable, able to kind of get into these scenarios, talk to people, get in with them, and then do what needs to be done. Because when he, when he has to do that thing, he does it in this movie. Yeah. But then he's got this kind of charisma. Like, I don't know. It's... It works. It works for the types of movies really these are in. Charisma. More just, like, a goofiness. A goofiness, yeah. yeah. Like... He's Charisma yeah. would be like Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Oh, but I'd, or, call that, I'd call that a smolder. I mean... No, nah, because I, I think... No, I, like, I think like the Timothy Dalton and like the Pierce Brosnan had that charisma. I don't think Roger Moore had it. It was really just... He kind of felt non-threatening. Yeah. And like that's not... Non-threatening. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, that, that's not anything against him, especially mm. in like Moonraker, because it was... Like Moonraker was supposed to be this kind of like ludicrous, cartoony, action, space drama thing. Mm-hmm. Um... So it kind of makes sense you kind of have this like, approachable, non-threatening Bond who then can flip it on you and be dangerous. The thing that you haven't mentioned about your film, which I thought was something you'd bring up right away, that was until GoldenEye, this was the highest grossing Bond film. Okay, I didn't pay attention to that aspect of it. Oh yeah, like this one was the Bond film to see for the longest time. It was also the highest, um, or the lowest reviewed. Interesting. More critics hated this Bond film than any other Bond film, but it also did better than every other Bond film. Like, so it's this weird, I, like... Space? Yeah. yeah. It's really just space. Like, fuck, we need... There's no Star Wars right now. We need more Star... Oh, James Bond. We love James Bond. And space. We're good to go. <laughs> if only they had a laser blow. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, 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 and it's always nice to see kind of... I like in the Bond series in general, but especially in here, like, Americans are kind of doofuses. Yeah, <laughs> they totally and are. They, and they, they play that fairly well here, and I was like, oh, cool. And even though the uh, lady CIA agent, she's fairly competent, but, like, 
they just kind of leave her. They keep leaving her behind. And then yeah. it's, like, it's always like, okay, fine. That's cool. Is this the one where he escapes out of the ambulance and just leaves her? Yep. <laughs> I laughed because I was like, wait, aren't you going to go? We're in a different country now. Yeah, now yeah. you're on a horse. <laughs> you're on a horse. <laughs> what happened to the girl? Now we went into uh, one to, um, Man With No Name trilogy. Yeah. Like, we just suddenly jumped into a different movie. And I... Those things are weird, but I, I like that it kind of kept me on my toes. Like, just like, well, what, what's going on? What is possible in a movie like this where everything can happen? And yeah. in just weird ways. Bonkers, bonkers, bonkers. And, I, and, and, you know, it's an overused word. We've, I've used it like 20 times. You could probably die of a drinking game of this. But <laughs> I find that to be kind of the chief credit that it kind of forgoes any pretense about what it is. Especially as it gets older, it kind of it, it becomes ageless in that fact. It's like, oh, there's all these space things it's referencing, but it's just so weird. So I used the same argument last time, and you guys said my movie was garbage. Yep. But, but I'm going to stay with bonkers, it. Bonkers, bonkers, but bonkers, bonkers. Hey, in case you are playing bonkers, bonkers, <laughs> yeah. bonkers. Now, the bonkers thing about that is that maybe it just hasn't aged enough yet. Because we are all a long ways away from this movie versus yours, which is still too recent. That could be. I mean, I, I could have gone to the theater for it. You know, whereas... It did twice. Yeah. Uh, well, granted, I've seen yours in the theater, too. Okay. I saw when I first moved out here, they did uh, like a whole Bond thing, and I, that, yours is one of them to go see. That is a good. It's that, not as good in the theater. No. It's actually better at home when you can ignore it for a little while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I'm not sure if that's more of an insult to your film than I intended it to be. <laughs> oh well, you know, it does have its moments. Like as with like the these oh, movies no. at this during this these time periods kind of had this like these slow moments that end up just kind of crawling. Which I, there were there were a few moments where I started to tune out, which kind of provides a you know, bipolar experience in this movie, which, you know, is kind of a point against it. But the points that are really bonkers <laughs> tend to make up for it. It's, I mean, really, I think the, in going into all of these, is the lack of music and, like, yeah, a score. Like, there would be fight scenes where, like, you're like, oh, this should be really intense, and it's, like, the shitty sound effects that they have. Bonkers! And, like, <laughs> and you're just kind of so like, I, Why? I should... I should be feeling something, but you, there's just no score there to move you. Yeah. I call bonkers on that. Yeah. Bonkers. And sure. half our <laughs> listener base is dead. <laughs> Alright, so really quick, for our own sake, so people don't blow up our podcast, I'm not sure that'd be done, but if you figured out a way, it would be. But today that I think was the major overarching theme well, let's break was it down. that these... That these were Bond films for fans of Bond films. Mm-hmm. Last time we did a lot more mainstream Bond films. Like you, everyone's heard of From Rush with Love. Everyone's heard of Dying of the Day because it's great. Well, and those uh, are gonna, <laughs> those are gonna, those are gonna survive it. because yeah. of just how well known they are. They're yeah. kind of the staples. Yeah. Yeah, and today's like the like, better of each. You know. Yeah. yeah. Especially Dying of the Day. But uh, <laughs> okay. You, no. You lost. The stick set. <laughs> Uh, today's choices I think were great because today's choices were like Joe Schmo down the street who's seen Casino Royale is not going to go pick up Moonraker right. or or Thunderball. He might pick up Goldfinger, he might pick up Dr. No, or he might pick up... Actually, Living That Die might be a good choice for somebody who's never seen a Roger Moore film, but that's because that's still Roger Moore trying to be Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until Roger Moore... Roger Moore was Roger Moore later. Mm-hmm. This one was still kind of him doing his best impersonation. Really unfortunate. And we're in, we're in, and our picks are in a kind of a period of like they're they're trying things. You know, like yeah. <clears throat> you get where those who watch kind of the newer Bonds and the, the staple ones, the, the, all they're seeing is kind of much more refined elements that finally gelled and worked together pretty yeah. well. Whereas we're kind of seeing them try things like with Moonraker, it's the sci-fi element. Like, well, we need, how do we incorporate sci-fi in a bigger way? Yeah. You know, how do we do like 
and ninjas yeah. in a different way. You know, like or underwater epic spear gun fight. Yeah, like how do we incorporate these other elements into this movie and kind of reinvigorate the franchise? Like, because there's there's this kind of evolution of this series, which is why it's still around. Yeah, mm-hmm. because of these movies that we have here that are trying these different things. Yeah. And not succeeding all the time, but you know, I mean, every one of our movies definitely failed at some point or another. <laughs> but but to, even, but to even to what you were saying about the yeah. box office for Moonraker, which exploded versus critical acclaim, yeah. there's this there's this kind of movement like it, it has interesting element, like interesting yeah. ties to yeah. history. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but Bond is timeless, and I think. But I think because of these ones, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, I think spe- it's like these are like the glue that hold the big ones together, and these are the one like if it wasn't for these things, Bond would have died. Yeah, especially all of the Sean Connery. Ones. Well, but, I mean, we <laughs> and we've all mentioned throughout all of our movies is they are very topical to what's going on. Yeah, and they yeah. they do it in a way where they don't, you know, they don't say the year twenty twenty. It's like right. Bond is in every generation. He's in every year, and I think with Casino Royale and Quantum, they kind of set, you know, they made mention of nine eleven in one of those, and like you don't do that in a Bond movie because yeah. It's timeless. Like it can be at any time. Well, and even place. even Skyfall introduces our fear of uh, the internet or a fear of computer hacking. Like, you know how we've kind of that well, pendulum has swung back to where we're like hackers and kind of computer yeah. terrorism. Well, I think that's why people even went back into like they did that in Goldeneye. I mean, yeah. really, I mean that's what the whole thing was. It was just, yeah, it was hackers. Who, like, but I think that's into you know. I think that's why most people say Skyfall is his best film because Skyfall is the first one that actually feels more like a Bond film. A Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but well, like, but, but the, what you were of, saying is that yeah. these that's movies, yeah, yeah. List, though. yeah, these movies reflect next time, yeah, <laughs> maybe this guy. Oh, I've already got it chosen for next because there'll be a next time unless, be a unless people just boycott this episode. There'll be another one, or unless all of our listener base just died from playing the bonkers, uh, <laughs> bonkers, 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 bonkers. Now Which would be dead. totally bonkers. <laughs> that was the last five of them. But to uh, what you were saying, like, it's interesting to kind of study these in relation to each other because you have that underwater sequence, which is essentially mirrored in the space yep. sequence mm-hmm. same same setup different thing like they they all talk to each other in interesting ways i feel like yeah. you could have some fun conversations amongst the movies especially yeah. the ones we picked which after looking through those i'm like that's we really planned that somewhat by accident but. yeah totally i mean we still yeah i still think we could have all picked better ones but I think, <laughs> yeah. but i think that's part of the i think that's part of the point i, I think we kind of all without ever discussing it kind of agreed to pick yeah. These not a lesser little, known, but like a little, little bit more, a little yeah. more fan based choices. Yeah. But speaking of fans, we need to actually pick a winner for today. All right. Um. So the rule is, you can't pick for your own film. You cannot vote for your own film. Um. And hopefully this will not happen. What happened? I don't remember which battle it was where we still tied, one to one to one to one to one to one. Which was very frustrating. Uh, Part of the whole reason if you can't vote for your own means that you'll hopefully two vote for the same thing. Yeah. Because basically it's a game of voting for your second choice because you yeah. picked your first choice. Yes. You picked the one that you want to win. What's the second choice amongst these given yeah. that you can't pick your own? You and know? again, for clarification, we're not saying this is the best Bond film ever. It's the best out of what's on the table today. Yeah. Hence why this is the second episode yeah. yes. of this. Right. Or it might be ever. It isn't. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Just because yours is on the table means that it is not. <laughs> Uh, Alright, I'll vote first. Uh, oh, I can go in reverse order. So we did Moonraker, Live and Let Die, You Only Live Twice, Thunderball. Those were our choices for today. Uh, I'll vote first. I'm going with Live and Let Die. I know I know it's a weird choice. It has nothing to do with Tony's... Ninjas. 
has nothing to do with ninjas. Well, it's ninjas, ninjas is the so- main reason I'm not voting for your fucking thing. Ninjas were sorely. <laughs> is it crocodiles? Uh, it might be crocodiles. It really is. For me, it really is just the fact that if I'm going to watch any Roger Moore film, that's the one I watch. Ugh, but then you're also still watching a Roger Moore I, I don't disagree, but it's still Roger Moore doing his best Sean Connery. It still had, I mean, the crocodile sequence, I mean, when I'm not arguing against his film, is one of my favorite sequences <laughs> in any Bond films. Which I can say now because I'm voting for Get it. Get your but, arguments right! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was just, it's such a fun, ridiculous movie, and like, I like the whole voodoo aspect of it, uh, the Bond girl is smoking hot, and... She really is. Like, like, there's just so much in that movie that's just kind of fun, and I really, I, I enjoy watching it. I really hate, I don't hate Roger Moore, I'm just not his biggest fan, um, which is definitely why I'm not picking Moonraker. He's really um, not good. I don't, I but, love Jay, I, I do, I love Roger Moore. See, which, I, is, which baffles me. I, see, I think it's good for the, for the sake of this. We need someone oh, who yeah. really do, yeah. does love him because there are qualities in each of these guys that are really... Yeah, and I think, for, for my buck, that's my favorite one of his. And out of the movies that I didn't pick, it's my favorite one on the table. Because the other one's just like, Moonraker for me is just, it's just too fucking boring and I hate the Jaws love story. <laughs> I hate it so much. Oh, I Jaws. hate that they were, like, oh my god. I hate that he fucking falls out of a plane and lands on a circus and doesn't die. Like, there's so much about that movie that I just, like, I loathe <laughs> while I'm watching it. That I'm so, I almost picked it for today. I'm like, ah, maybe not. I haven't watched it in a while. Maybe I don't remember it well enough. I'm so glad I didn't get stuck trying to defend that piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then with Graham's film, I mean, the parts of that movie that work works so fucking well and it's a great fucking movie hell yeah I love that it, they come out of the gate swinging with like he's too fucking big they need to kill him to try to hide his identity which fucking fails immediately but then it totally with that left turn to Ninja Town I just check out <laughs> so fucking hard that I just I almost can't finish the movie I'm like oh my god I don't care I hate your fucking bullshit haircut and eyebrows I can't watch this fucking thing anymore. I'm glad we didn't really mention that that much. And yeah. it does kind of go to Ninja Town pretty hard. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, you need some ninjas? Uh, there's my ninja school. Like, literally, I was paraphrasing, but it is within one sentence that he introduces his ninja yeah. school. It's just like, I can't. Like, there's there's so much. So out of what I have on the, da- on the table today, the ones that I will actually throw in my Blu-ray player to watch again, it's Live and Let Die. Mm. So that's it for me. I'm sorry that you have to watch another Roger Moore film. I'm going to go with You Wanna Live Twice. Ugh. Fuck you! Ninjas! <laughs> and it's not because of the ninjas. Oh. It's just because of that. Then why? That, that very strong first part. This is the very strong, like, the the elements of it are really neat. The volcano, like, very cheesy. Like, I'm, I'm coming from Moonraker, so you'll, you should understand why I'm doing this. But just those elements that are kind of crazy, kind of out there, are pretty cool. And... I just like that that him being too good to where he dies. That element, even though, even though a lot of it plays out in the, the movie before, there's still that element of just we gotta change change it up. We gotta new, do new tactics to get Bond kind of in somewhere covert, and it's shocking. Any like you you kill off you kill your hero in the beginning for two minutes. That's I mean, why, that's I mean, why it's not shocking. But yeah. like at because the time, he knows he's coming back. There's that. There's still that. Not it's not so much the fact that. Oh, he dies. Oh, it's shocking. It's just, we need new tactics. He's so good. And, oh, they're going to go so far as to make it look like he died. You know, I don't know. It's some of those elements, like, I really like that beginning part. And I hate the Palmer Cartney song so much that it's just, when you weigh them together, when you weigh them together, uh, I can yeah. see being annoyed with it, but hate it. It's a good song. It's not a great I, it, it's a And it, it's because Brian's not the one singing it <laughs> in that voice. Damn it, Brian. <laughs> 
Damn it, Tony. <laughs> but with with a lot of these, there's a lot of just collective moments where I'm pulling from, not the organic whole of it, because that ninja stuff is really bad. <laughs> it's all. I mean, yeah, it's really you really have to focus on one thing you really liked about. And it's it's it's, it's neat to finally get to the you know, the, even though the showdown doesn't pan out as best as it can, it's still a showdown it's of Spectre. I mean, no showdown whatsoever. That's part of the reason I hate the movie. Yeah. Should have been, and it wasn't. It's one of the movies that's most based on awesome, or the awesome powers was based on. So. And then there is that pop culture kind of osmosis of it. Like it, it stretches through the culture's response to it. Hmm. So that does that does count for something. Layer, you got you know. Blow Moving on. Okay. Well, I already know I didn't win. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. Oh, this is a toss up between Thunderball and Moonraker. I'm gonna have to go with my boy Moore. Ugh. I'm gonna go Moonraker. Interesting. You just created a four way tie. Uh, I guarantee because I know what he's not <laughs> um, but going on that I mean it, uh, the Jaws love stories what you're going off your argument where it's just so completely bonkers they kind of embrace it and it's not one of the, it wasn't like a Mad Max thing where they were kind of like on both sides of it where they didn't really know what they were doing or which way they wanted to go for well and on. from the get go it's from the get go like uh, I was expecting there to be serious moments and it was like that first scene. Yeah. That first scene just sets it. It does. And it, it's ridiculous, but it, it is fun. I mean, it's a lot of fun that I probably won't ever need to watch ever again. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but at the same the time, but at That's the same the time, like, you'll be entertained through it. You're not, you'll be, bo- I mean, it's a bot movie. I mean, I, I can't, I'm trying to think of a good argument for it other than <laughs> Roger Morris. And what it. you said is you will be entertained so, for it, but I will probably never watch it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, Thunderbolt's that a great film. Like, you Thunderbolt's watch. a good movie. You the only reason you're not voting for it is because it's of Roger Moore? No. There's other reasons why I'm it is. It is. I bet it is. You love Roger Moore! Out of all the openings, I think yours is up there with being ridiculous. The whole jetpack thing... Is ridiculous, and to be honest, that but it was a real jetpack. Yeah, they actually made the thing. Like they made it work. That thing actually exists. Jaws was fake, so that makes it good. It makes it better know. than fucking falling on a circus out of a plane or running across a ca- uh, crocodile. Somebody probably did that. People survive skydiving accidents. <laughs> they do. It's Roger Moore. You you like Roger Moore, I do like <laughs> and Roger that's fine. Moore. It's okay. Like it's, fine. it's okay. But be honest You're with getting... us. You love Roger Moore. And I do like Jaws when he's not trying to make babies. Jaws is great in the other movie. He's not good in this one. Jaws was, was a great, great in the other one. Yes, I agree. Jaws is a great. Well, not, yeah, there's not, yeah, I guess it's Roger good, Moore. But... Fine. <laughs> I tried to make any argument. Created a four-way for it. tie because of Roger Moore. Well, That's maybe fine. not. We'll see how well, <laughs> it votes. Now the pressure is on. They four-way, four-way tie. tie. <laughs> four-way tie. So what? What do you pick? Thunderball. Yep. Yep. Of course. Why? Because Sean Connery's in it. Yes. <laughs> Definitively, yes. And I'm fine with that. The original and the best. He, Sean Connery. Definitive, best James Bond. Balls to the wall. In your Bond. In your, what's your no. favorite Bond? I said balls. What? What's your favorite Bond? Who's your favorite Bond? We we went over this. Yeah, we I didn't. I just wanted the quick Listen summary. Listen to that episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> quick summary. What no. if people haven't listened to the first one? The person who won last time was Daniel Craig. Surprisingly enough. You'd have to listen to why. You'd have to listen to why. He, he, all right, I'll go back Again, to it was based on per episode. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. we Sean. all really, we know it, that Sean Connery is the best buy. I don't think, he's too cool for me. All right, before me. we go down this, this right. argument, we need to come up with some sort of a tiebreaker. Unless um, we have three votes for Shot. Fight sequences. 
All right, yeah. So we'll go through like the action set piece. <clears throat> Which movie has the best action set pieces? You can vote for your own. Okay. Mine's going to win because it's underwater epic spear gun fight, where fucking people get brutalized, murdered, people get stabbed left and right. Sharks show up. It was the most. It was the most expensive underwater sequence ever filmed. It was the most intense. They had so many fucking stunt people, so many lifeguards. Like, this was the most intense things ever on film to that day. Like, this was the reason to go to the movies. Mine doesn't have any major ones. but You have the huge speedboat chase. That's fucking insane. You totally have one. What about best scene? How about best scene? Okay, fine. Best scene. Mine still wins. Yeah, still. Still underwater. We'll go backwards through this. Okay, Okay, yeah, my my movie still has an amazing set piece. A huge, they built a, they built a mountain. Yep. And built actual side like helicopter landing pad inside of a mountain, and had a rocket ship inside of it and all this stuff. And I will still vote for Thunderball for most ridiculous action sequence, because it was amazing and absurd, and not absurd bonkers, but absurd like so cool, like amazing, like yeah, you are like at the edge of your seat watching that thing, like seeing people get shot through the chest seeing sharks getting shot through the chest with all this stuff it's amazing they spent a million dollars on my and just one piece which is more than the actual cost of the entire film of dr no and i will still vote for most awesome action sequence in the ball well this is a better movie exactly that's what we're trying to get at <laughs> but because you, it has sean connery the movie but okay so what's your favorite you can vote for your own movie you can vote for your own i know you still and, voted and, for mine so we still have two for I, thunderball two for thunderball what are you gonna pick What's the best scene out of any of the movies? I'm going to put up an argument for a scene from my movie that will probably be frowned upon by all of you. The opening when all the, the agents are dying. The, basically the parade scene. That is awesome. That's really good it's scene. one of my favorite scenes of any of the Bond movies I've seen. Oh, that fucking sequence where he's like, whose funeral is it? Yours. Yours. And they fucking awesome. Him and then they just pick him up yeah. and put him in the thing. And fucking great. Loved it. I'm going to go with that scene. Not as good as Thunderball, but it's still awesome. It's part of the reason why I still like your movie. You ready for it? Yeah. If you do, I will punch you in the throat. I, I think the underwater sequence in Thunderball is pretty good. Thunderball? Wait, pretty, you said pretty good. Well, it's... it's. Well, there are two votes for it's, it. No, no, he hasn't voted for you. He's just said pretty good. No. Okay, I'm going to lay it out. I'm voting for Thunderballs. All right. <laughs> Thunderball! Hey, you crushed me. <laughs> Because it is brutal. It, it, it is brutal, and Brian had a good sell on it. Yeah. Wait, why are you guys all cheering? Thunderball! Because we you all had movies you argued for, we all tied, and you could have voted for your movie. Then it would have been another tie. We wouldn't have left. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you could, you could have at least put up an argument for you. You just all I did. He did. I laid it out. I said, even with all of these reasons, I still vote for this well, yours one. Yours was like all money related. Oh. Not really. No, that but, set but is if amazing. You wanna, but it does, it does. sheer scale of actual sets. But it does respond to the concern you had that you didn't have good action scenes. Is that that scene you mentioned, if, you know, Thunderball wasn't on the table... We probably would have voted for that one because it is a good scene. It's a great scene. It's mm-hmm. one of the best James Bond scenes ever. And it's, it's not, like, it's, that, it's not as big as... That's such an amazing sequence. Like, I can't... Like, it's part of the reason why I still like that movie. That opening is phenomenal. But I'd still rather watch Underwater Epic Spear Gunfight. Fact. I would not. <laughs> you can win, Brian, but I will not agree with you. I almost never win these things. It's a very big moment for me. Which one of these guys did you blow to get here? <laughs> Both. Wait, no. At the same time, Whoa. it was bonkers. It was, it was basically like one. <laughs> it was basically one long quarter. Um. All right. So with that, our winner de facto is going to be Thunderball for today. 
Which makes Woo! sense, because it's great. Nice. Um, not as good as Die Another Day, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, um, at least you just ruined any you know, <laughs> momentum you had going for, for this victory. So I'm going to bring this episode to a close. All right. That's the end of this for today. Uh, sadly, this is our last episode for three weeks. I apologize, but I have to go on my honeymoon. It's bullshit. Yeah, that's I know. bonkers. Yeah. Bonkers. Um, I was going to try to get another one out and only have two weeks off, but I have too much to do before I leave. I can't take a whole. Well, and just given the nature of what your honeymoon entails, yeah, there's a lot of preparation. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot to do. I'm, I, um, but after the break, we have things coming up. Like uh, I know we have a Bloodborne episode coming up soon. We have uh, where I finally gonna do, we're going to do a couple video games episodes. We have that one, we have Dragon Age. Uh, I know we have the Fifth Element coming up soon because we haven't done that one in a long time. I know we're going to do one on Kingsman coming up soon. So we maybe even we can maybe even do a Destiny one if we can. Yeah, find... we, yeah, we probably do one on Destiny here at some point. Uh, we'll do another James Bond episode probably in another couple months. Uh, we'll have to finally bring in Timothy Dalton and Daniel Craig into this mm-hmm. argument because mm-hmm. neither one of them have been represented yet. It'll uh, happen. It'll happen. But uh, he won Best Bond. He did. You'd have to listen to it. It, it makes sense. But with that, I'm going to say bye. Bye, Bye. 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 Bye.